digital transformation. It's just been that the digital means that we are we are starting to use software that we can have to which we can have access on the on, on the internet. And transformation means that we were not using it before, so we transform our operations from an operation that is uh, analog, like a return, etc., to digital. Welcome, friends, to the Entrepreneur Speaks. I'm your host, Kofi Anumedu. Each week, I host an amazing entrepreneur on their journey, successes, and challenges. It is my hope that we'll learn from their experiences as we all work towards living a life of passion and purpose. My guest, Diojin Intira Dekura, is an entrepreneur, digital transformation consultant, an author, and a podcaster living in Montreal, Canada. He is the product of three countries. He was born in Belgium, has Burundian roots, and is today a proud Canadian. He started working as an information technology consultant for IBM Belgium and was involved in several international SAP implementation projects. In 2013, he left Brussels to Montreal. He currently runs a consulting agency by name ERP Happy. He joins me today on the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. In this episode of the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast, he will tell us his journey as well as his setting up of this agency, the useful lessons he's picked up, as well as offer pieces of advice for entrepreneurs and will-be entrepreneurs. Welcome to my show, Diojin. Hello, thank you. Thank you uh, Thank you for having me, uh, Kofi. I'm very happy to be at the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. You're most welcome. So let's get to know you some more. Please tell us a bit about yourself and how your childhood was like. Yeah, so um, uh, I am uh, born and raised in uh, in Belgium, in uh, in, in Brussels, uh, and also my um, uh, my roots are from uh, Burundi. So maybe part of the audience could uh, could notice that when uh when they see when they will see my uh, my last name uh and s- since uh, seven years now since no almost eight years now i live in uh i live in montreal uh, montreal canada but uh, yeah most of my life i have uh, i have lived there in belgium uh two sisters one brother and uh kind of a middle class family middle class immigrant family in uh, in, in brussels uh and uh, through education uh, I could uh, try to have uh, the career I would like to, uh, I wanted to have. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading about you and I came across the fact that your parents came to Belgium as refugees. Is that the case? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, several, oh, okay. several decades ago. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And 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 what is the story they told you? 
we are very interested. How was well, the journey like to Belgium and how were they received in Belgium? Oh, okay. Um, overall, they, they, it's mostly because they, they fled the... Uh, a difficult situation uh, in, uh, in in Burundi at that time, and uh, uh, how how it was, it was more uh, a little bit like uh, most of the uh, uh, Af- African parents that left uh, Africa just right right after the colonization. You know, um, you arrive uh, even though you have a, a you can have a, a diploma, certain diploma that you have in your uh, uh, country uh, country of origin. Uh, it's not necessarily recognized, so you still have to to do uh, the job that maybe uh, people will accept that uh, that that you do so uh so you will uh, help in uh, and I, i'm not i'm not uh, saying that those jobs are not interesting but uh, uh, a lot of jobs that were uh, provided to immigrants were working in the hospitals uh, being taxi drivers um trying to sell things door to door stuff like that so a lot a lot of that uh were the type of jobs that were uh, where immigrants could work, and that's what my uh, my parents uh, have done. Okay, okay, but that's very good. They were able to do that and bring you up to become who you are today, and that's very inspirational. Ah, yeah, yes. Now let's yes, let's get to know a little bit more about ERP Happy. Yes, what is the company about? What do you do? So tell us a bit about the company and what services do you offer. So uh, ERP Happy is a digital transformation company. Uh, the the reason why uh, it is called like that is because uh, on one hand ERP is kind of the uh, uh, the expertise, the type of service that is provided. So as I said, the uh, digital transformation, and I will explain it a little bit later. And uh, Happy was uh, um, a kind of uh, I wanted to make a kind of uh, funny reference to uh, the fact that uh, we need a cust- we need customer happiness for. Uh, for success and not only just deliver, uh, deliver the, the implement the software or implement the CRM uh, and uh, just say bye bye to the to the customer to an unhappy customer. So um, and also because uh, a lot of uh, information technology companies you you will see their names in the names. Uh, from what I have seen, I think now it is changing. But from what I have seen, you would see the names uh, that contain the words like. Uh, Technology uh, solutions, services, cloud, etc. I, I, I like it, but I wanted to uh, to be a little bit original and put a, uh, um, a positive emotion next to uh, next to a technical jargon like uh, ERP. So um, ERP stands for Enterprise Resource Planning, and uh, Enterprise Resource Planning softwares are are softwares used by companies to run their operations. So uh, when you if you dissect a company, every company has uh, the same components. Whether you're one or whether you're one thousand, you have you will have production, so manufacturing. You would have uh, you would have sales. You would have purchasing. You would have marketing. You would have human resources. You would have finance. Uh, you can manage all those aspects of your company through different softwares, uh, or uh, on uh, Excel Excel files, or Word documents, or or uh, not managing not managing it at all will be uh, uh, will be um, how can I say that a mistake, but uh, you can also manage all those aspects of your uh, of running your company inside the same uh, software, and that same software is is called an uh, an, an ERP, and uh, what we do is that we we help companies to um, 
to select, to uh, to implement, and to use uh, enterprise resource uh, planning softwares. Uh, also, uh, we also focus on the on more on the sales side of a, of a company uh, for which we work with the, the HubSpot uh, CRM. Oh, okay, that's very interesting. So, what's the story behind the setup of your consulting agency? Well, it's it's a little bit my story. It's difficult to. Uh, <laughs> it's difficult to distinguish to distinguish both at the moment because um, I sure sure I, so I, I give us that it. story yeah <laughs> I um, basically I started uh, in in B two B consulting in digital transformation consulting uh, completely randomly honestly uh, what I did is that um, I um, I finished school with uh, a degree in in business. It was more international trade. Uh, And I wanted to, uh, I applied for IBM Belgium in sales. So to be part of their, uh, they had kind of a sales school for uh, young graduates. Uh, And I I noticed that I made a mistake when I arrived because uh, it was actually consultant that they were hiring. And uh, I did the the different, uh, the case, the the business case interview. And then I, uh, uh, made another, I think, two other, uh, two other interviews, and then I got, uh, I got an offer to work as a consultant either with uh, Oracle uh, or uh, SAP. So uh, if there are some people familiar, some people working in big companies or, or uh, working in IT, they would be familiar with what I've said. But that's like uh, at that time it was the two biggest, uh, the two biggest uh, softwares, uh, and I chose uh, SAP mostly because I saw SAP in more. Uh, more job advertising than in, than Oracle, <laughs> so it was completely random. Uh, and um, in Belgium, from from Belgium, I uh, worked mostly on international projects, so projects that were for the full of Europe or for or, or that were completely international, um, with uh, teams in the in Asia or teams in the in North America. Uh, and I worked then for uh, IBM and Deloitte Belgium. Then I moved to, uh, I decided to. So that that happened during six years, and then I decided to move to uh, to Canada, and there I worked uh, as well for Deloitte and another uh, small and medium uh, business uh, company. So the, the main the main thing I think that I I, uh, I want to say that led me to uh, to decide to become a uh, to to become an entrepreneur. So first is okay. First is because I had that a little bit in me that I wanted to try something for myself, but also because. Um, uh, when you work in a big uh, companies in big uh, in big project, you you have an impact, but your uh, your impact is pretty is pretty uh, limited unless you're really in a uh, um, in a leading position, uh, project management position in those uh, in those projects. So uh, I, I liked I, I wanted to also impact customers in another way, uh, meaning uh, instead of being just one part of a of a huge uh, machine that is uh, uh, a huge project uh, in which we implement a, a new software for a client. I also wanted to look at uh, software that are maybe smaller and maybe uh, not necessarily clients that are smaller, but software that are smaller, meaning that the the scope of the project, the timeline of the project, the budget of the project are all, uh, are all more manageable and the decisions that you do the design that you do for the clients, uh, you have a, a little bit more uh, impact uh, on that. So that was uh, um, one thing that uh, pushed me to to try to create my uh, uh, my own company. And that happened in the 2017, actually. So uh, we are talking four years ago. Oh, okay, okay. So you've been running this since 
2017, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, all right. So, how has the journey been so far? Yeah, so uh, I I must say, and it's something that uh, people my uh, people that uh, that are listening uh, uh, need to know. I was very afraid, meaning. Um, that I used to, I've always used to uh, get a salary, you know, after uh, one month or after two weeks, I knew that I do some work and then uh, at the end of the of the month or at the end of two weeks, I will get a salary. All of a sudden, I had I had nothing. I had no, um, uh, I, 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 I resigned from my employer and I had no clients lined up. So I had to uh, think about how I will, uh, how I will find a client. Uh, and it took me uh, a bit, almost two months to find the to, to, to find a client and um, that was actually for a, a, a pretty big uh, pretty big SAP uh, uh, implementation so uh, ironically I was again kind of a uh, uh, a part of a uh, of a big uh, uh, of a big project but that actually also provided me quite some uh, uh, quite some lessons uh, as well uh, when you are uh, on your own so at the start between between now and uh, and part of last year I was uh, uh, alone meaning that uh, I was working on working on uh, implementations uh, SAP implementations, but I was a kind of a sub subcontractor for a bigger, uh, other bigger uh, uh, companies. So my uh, my first kind of client was uh, the IBM uh, IBM um, company, the part of IBM that is in uh, in the province of uh, uh, of Quebec, and uh, I was uh, with a lot of other people. I was uh, one of the subcontractors working on a uh, on a big government uh, big government project, uh, and. One of, some of the things that I uh, that I learned is uh, uh, learn a lot, uh, understand how to do your uh, your pricing, understand mm-hmm. how to uh, look at the terms of your uh, of your contract, uh, understand also that uh, all the all the work in all the work that you do, all the relationships that you build, uh, all the clients that you meet, they are potential uh, potential referral partners for uh, uh, afterwards. So these are things that are uh, that I understood. Um, a little bit I understood their importance uh, while I was a uh, um, an entrepreneur an independent consultant so okay all right so so let's try to get the, what the experience has been so far so what were some of the mistakes you made when you started can you share some of these mistakes with us yeah so um one is one I refer to uh, for example a, a price I think that was important to think about, and not only the price just for the, the amount, but also uh, price in terms of the the condition. So, for how long do you set your price? On which which requirements are uh, uh, tied to the the price that you uh, uh, that you offer? That was one of the one of the mistake. Uh, another uh, a, another mistake is to uh, is to uh, how can I, I want to say kind of client ownership the importance of client ownership so if you are uh, and it happens a lot in the uh, in IT in the IT industry is that you uh, you can be a, a subcontractor of another uh, another company and you both partner to uh, to uh, serve a client uh, you have to be uh, to be careful because the the client ownership the relation the 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 ownership of the relationship of, with the client is owned by the the first uh, the first person the first company that does the sale. So, for example, in the in the project in which I was, the company that made the sale was obviously uh, IBM, 
and I was the one serving, uh, so was, I was subcontracting uh, for IBM. So what it means when I say client ownership, it means that afterwards you have to be careful if you want to, for example, mention that this client is one of your uh, uh, is one of your uh, success stories on your uh, on your website. You you have to contact them. You have to know uh, that you have the right to uh, to to do that. Um, another another thing is. Um, the, the type of uh, the type of networking so uh, I used to do a lot of networking since I arrived in uh, in Canada but my networking was not necessarily targeted so uh, it's good to do to do network and know a lot of people uh, in different industries but it's also good to to know uh, the some people that will help you for specific issues for your uh, uh, for your business so uh, I'm thinking of uh, issues such as maybe uh, your, uh, your your finance, your marketing. It's good to know people that have the expertise that can help you uh, uh, later on when you uh, want to grow your uh, your business. Very interesting. So you've given us an overview of some of the mistakes, the challenges, and some lessons you've drawn from your journey so far. Are there still other challenges you face so far in business and what are some of the lessons you've picked up yeah one, one of the one of the challenges maybe uh, um, marketing um, I, I don't know if it is if it is how it is in Ghana but um, IT um, IT consultants or uh, B2B IT consultants are not or generally not people that are uh, keen on doing uh, on doing a lot of marketing they could see it Either they see it as an expense, uh, or they also uh, think like, "Okay, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not good to talk about what I do. I'm only, uh, I can only tell you what are my certifications, my technical knowledge, but I don't need to, uh, to write or to uh, publish a, a story around it." Uh, so uh, marketing is uh, is something that is uh, that is important. So two years ago, I started to do a few videos on uh, on LinkedIn. I don't know if you know uh, that platform. It's a professional, um, we are professional social media, uh, and and since last year, I do uh, I do write uh, I do write or publish consistently uh, content on the on, on that platform. And I know that there are not many people from that are uh, IT consultant that are that are doing it. Uh, and I do think that it is a something that will be more and more important in the future. And uh, to me, that was something that was uh, important because I want to acquire clients in another way than just through uh, through the normal channels. So for for example, again, <laughs> I will give you uh, another thing of the reality here is that for for a lot of uh, IT companies or IT consultants, they will get they will get clients or they will get projects through other bigger consulting companies or recruitment companies. And one th- I, I, I do think that working with other uh, big big consulting companies is completely okay. Uh, recruitment companies, I think it's 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 uh, it's healthy as well, uh, but it depends on the on the on the situation. Uh, but uh, I think it's also important to to have clients through your own channels. That's where marketing is very is very important because nobody will uh, will magically go to your website to see your uh, to, to to see your services. You have to get yourself known. So uh, that that's why I uh, last year I decided to. 
publish more content on LinkedIn and also to start actually my, uh, as you do now, uh, my, uh, my podcast, which is on, on B2B consulting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we, the whole world is now confronted with this COVID-19 pandemic. And just as it's affecting us as individuals, it's also affecting businesses on several fronts. And what has indeed been the effect, if any, of the COVID-19 pandemic on your operations? I, I want to say it has a positive uh, effect, but it depends. It has, personally, it has had a positive effect, but on the industry, it depends. So some projects, uh, if you had some project that required um, international project that require people to work in different time zones, different countries, and everybody is interdependent. It is very difficult to do it because the the lockdown rules can can change from countries to countries. Uh, so it's very difficult for the project to progress. So I know that some projects have either completely been cancelled or have been postponed. So that was that was one uh, negative effect that it has on the industry. On the other hand, if I only take my uh, my vision is that before the pandemic, in my opinion, uh, most of the work that we do can be done remotely. It doesn't have to be done remotely, but it can. Uh, and I think it, it has, uh, for some uh, people or some uh, uh, maybe project managers that have uh, that are more used to the old way of working in which they have to see you to be sure that uh, you are working, uh, I think it may have it may have opened their eyes on the fact that actually a project, a complex project, can continue, can uh, progress even if uh, the team is distributed uh, around the around the world or around the, around your city and people are working from home. Uh, but that for me, I wanted uh, actually I was thinking that this should be the next shift, and then that shift has accelerated with the uh, with the pandemic, and uh, indeed since uh, March. Uh, of uh, of last year, I am working from home, and uh, uh, there is no shortage of uh, productivity and no shortage of uh, of work at the moment. So, uh, so actually, the pandemic was uh, was was good. I want to say, but the pandemic is not a good thing. But uh, it has been good for uh, the way I could deliver uh, my services. Okay, all right. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, you will. Now, you're welcome. having operated, having operated in the consultancy space for some time what would indeed be your what would what are some of the things that one should consider when creating a consulting agency can you share some some guidance some advice with us yeah so um first a, a little bit like um for any business is to identify properly uh who you want to uh, who you want to serve and uh, which problem you want to solve uh, usually those two things come uh, come together uh, and then uh, identify if internally you have the expertise to uh, to deliver it uh, to solve the problem completely by uh, by yourself or by people within your own company or do you need or do you need to partner with other company uh, and then if you need to partner with other companies uh, do you uh, will you do it as a subcontractor or a partner that is a uh, Kind of a 50-50 partner in which you are the same uh, at the same level. Um, secondly, you 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 have to look at your at the possible numbers that you can make. So, uh, how much does it uh, how much does it cost you to uh, 
to hire people and uh, and and run the business but then how much can you uh, can you charge uh, your uh, your clients uh, and uh, in terms of charging so the, the other the other part is think about your business model so uh, that's something we did not speak so far but uh, the business model is very important so uh, i think i've spoken a lot about the business model in which um, you have a client that is delivering delivering the work just uh, um, doing the business analysis uh, configuring and uh, doing the configuration of the system testing the system etc for the for the client that's really pure consulting pure delivery that's one uh, that's one type of, uh, of of business model or you can also uh, as a consultant you can also say uh, okay i have um, a specific expertise and i can create a kind of program um, that lasts for six weeks, eight weeks, three months, 12 months, and I get my clients to follow that that program. And your, then your price is pretty much, um, it's it's a pretty much set price that uh, that you have. Whereas in the consulting delivery uh, delivery part, it's usually uh, a more uh, price that is made by uh, by the hour. Um, then the another uh, a, a, another model would be a, a model that is very close to. Uh, how a SaaS company will work is that you uh, you you do implement the, the the solution or you don't even implement the, the 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 software, but after after the implementation, you have a kind of a, a support contract retainer uh, through which uh, your uh, your clients will pay will pay you a fixed a fixed fee usually monthly. Uh, for the services that you uh, uh, that you provide for all the support that you provide um, and then uh, i'm thinking so i have i've mentioned three uh, three business model in terms of uh, in terms of pricing uh, but then another one um, that will be uh, pay for uh, a bit like the all the only uh, model but it's more like uh, i provide you with uh, my program i provide you with my uh, uh, retainer but if you need additional access to me uh, i will also charge another uh, uh, another level of price so uh, uh, and i'm so I'm, i've mentioned like four different uh, business models uh, what i recommend is to have a uh, a kind of a mixture of uh, at least two of those four uh, business models oh, okay thank you so much so tell me, what, what what advice would you give yourself if you had to do this all over again? Oh my God! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would say if I have to give, I would say don't be afraid uh, because the uh, the world of uh, information technology uh, progress way way faster than uh, any degree that you will have at school. So you can. You can become an expert in new technologies pretty, um, uh, pretty, pretty quickly, uh, because new technologies come uh, come up and down very, uh, uh, very fast. So I would say yes, don't be afraid because uh, the world of technology is always, uh, always moving. Uh, second, um, you can choose your, uh, you can choose your clients. You don't have to, to be a victim of the, of the the client you're working with or a victim of the project you're working in. Uh, that is also something uh, something possible and uh, something that is completely uh, due can be uh, related to the pandemic. Uh, all the work that you do can also be done from uh, uh, remotely. Uh, it doesn't have to be from home, but I would I want to say like uh, uh, it can be done uh, uh, remotely. Uh, and uh, maybe the f another one as well is uh, a lot of people are going through what you're going through right now. <laughs>
Because sometimes, yeah. sometimes when we have difficult time, we, we think that we are all alone, but actually a lot of people are living the same thing. Yes, we are all in the same boat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You've talked, you've mentioned a number of technical terms, and I just want us to break it down for us all to understand. Yes. So I would quickly like us to take them one by one, and then you break it down for a lay person um, to appreciate these things. You've mentioned digital transformation, for example. What is digital transformation? Yeah. So um, it is something that uh, a lot of companies have lived right now during the pandemic. So uh, when we talk about transformation in general, is is literally you were in a certain state and then and then you're in another uh, in, in another uh, another state. So what it says, digital transformation, it means. You take the operations of a, of a business, and again, I want to say, uh, whatever you do with uh, your human resources, so uh, hiring, firing people, managing the uh, presence of your uh, of your employees, uh, the pay of your employees, etc. Your marketing. So if you do your uh, product launch, uh, marketing campaign, etc. Your sales. When you want to make sure that you get in touch with your uh, your list of clients, you uh, track the, the sales that you have done on a certain product in a certain time, you could do all that on a, I want to say like a, an Excel file, it's totally uh, totally possible, or you can, you can use a digital product, basically what, what I mean by that, softwares. And when we talk about digital transformation, it's just been that the digital means that we are we are starting to use software that we can have to which we can have access on the on, on the internet and transformation means that we were not using it before so we transform our operations from an operation that is uh analog like your return etc to digital okay 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 now i understand it. so so why is it important for businesses especially small and medium enterprises to consider going that way um because so um first it first it helps you to uh to to work at a certain pace and uh to uh, have teams that can be uh, that can be distributed so you can find people that are qualified to work almost anywhere in the world uh but also even if you don't want uh, uh to do it you might quickly find uh, other companies that are doing the same thing as you that will be doing it and they will run their operations much faster and they will run uh, the operation much more uh, in a much more efficient way uh, also one of, one of the requirements as well that can uh, that can happen with uh, uh, digital transformation is that it can also be part partially part of a legal requirement um, so let me explain. So it can happen more with uh, uh, companies in certain industries like uh, uh, pharmaceuticals or some some type of uh, of manufacturing companies or some banks. They 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 have to show that they have a a strict quality process, and a uh, and for that usually you use a combination of yes paper but also software software that uh, ensure that the data that you uh, that you enter has not been just a uh, uh, hand written by uh, by someone at any time you have a, a clear uh, a, a clear repository of information in which you say that uh, okay i have produced this 
vaccine, if I can use the, the example now, I've produced this vaccine on, uh, in November 2020, and that has been approved by uh, Mr. X, uh, Mrs. Y at that date, uh, at that time. Uh, software are also used for uh, for that for legal requirements, so that that can happen as well. Um, so yes, I would say there's competitiveness. Uh, could it be legal requirements, uh, but also uh, just overall overall business efficiency. So so you've talked about it and its importance. If my listeners um, want to consider transforming their businesses digital, what indeed are some tips you can offer them? to consider when they are looking at transforming their business digitally? Yeah, so first, uh, look internally at what is uh, what is your main uh, your main pain point. So what is taking too much time at the moment? Are you uh, always spending way too much time looking at uh, your, uh, your, your invoices with your uh, suppliers? You don't remember what you have paid uh, a certain supplier for a certain service or a certain good. You don't, you cannot follow up with your... Uh, your salespeople, so you don't know uh, at which which prospect, so which salesperson work on which prospect and uh, and at which stage of the sale they are. Uh, you you don't know exactly your uh, your periodic numbers, whether they are sales purchases uh, or also uh, human resources or equipment. So whenever you have to look to spend a lot of time to look for information, that's one sign where you need to digitize. Uh, Part of your uh, part or all of your uh, of your business. Another another sign is when uh, employees um, when employees provide you with blur uh, information, and you're like, okay, you tell me that you work, but I, I cannot really see what you mean by uh, uh, what you mean by that. And if there is a way to digitize part of what your your team is doing, that will help you to have proper metrics for advancement, so proper key performance uh, uh, key performance indicators. Um, the, the other, and, and again, the, um, okay, I want to answer the question properly. Huh? You, you ask uh, what they have to, what they should look at. So uh, yes, the, then the other, uh, the other thing is uh, look as well at, at your, um, the kind of uh, demographic that you have in your, uh, in your company. So do you have people that, Actually, there are people that prefer to work with uh, digital uh, uh, digital softwares, or people that don't like to uh, to work with that. Also, look at the fact whether or not some of your uh, employees have to work on desktop, mobile, or one of the or, or one of the two. So all of that can be uh, factors that will influence you in terms of uh, uh, deciding to go on a digital. Uh, on transforming your business digitally, and then also choose which uh, which software you want to uh, uh, you want to use. Very interesting. We are just about wrapping up our conversation for today. Mm-hmm. But where do you draw your inspiration from? What really drives you to do <laughs> what you are doing? Um, a very good question. Um, I two things. So one is the the, the fact that I was. Uh, and I am actually an immigrant. So um, now I'm an immigrant in Canada, but I, I my parents fled, uh, fled the country and uh, I grew up in Belgium and uh, they gave me a chance. They gave me a, a, a chance to, uh, to, to build a certain life. Uh, and I am very grateful. I am every day grateful for that. So uh, I want to maximize it as much as possible. Um, that's the one thing. The second, uh, the second thing is I really want to, uh, 
try to reach my full potential uh, as a as a professional, as a person, and uh, try to inspire as much people as I can from uh, uh, from my community. So uh, I am aware that it's a, a long journey, but uh, I uh, I will be relentless uh, relentless about it. Thank you so much for those words. We just about wrapping up, like I mentioned. So I'll just ask one last question, and then we can sign off. Okay. What would be your advice or last words for my listeners? Uh, so it is the entrepreneur speak. So uh, usually you are either would be entrepreneur or already entrepreneur. So it's uh, think about uh, the type of uh, a bit a bit, a bit what, I, what I said in my last answer. Uh, who you really want to be in your life, uh, what you want to achieve in your life, uh, and when you have defined it, when you have decided on it then you uh, you can make all your entrepreneurial choices properly because then you make all your business choice all your business choices according to uh, to uh, who the, the person that you want to become and i think that this is uh, hugely uh, hugely important and in any business that uh, you will be doing there will be some part of uh, of digital <laughs> that is for sure <laughs> that is uh, that, that is for sure uh, today in the 21st uh, in the 21st century Yes, that's true. That's true. So you should learn to go digital because <laughs> you cannot operate without it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I Thank do. you so much, Eugene. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, for coffee. sharing your. Yes. You're yes. Welcome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Yeah. And I wish you the very best. Thank you. Thank I wish you. you the very best. Thank you. I, ju- I just wanted to say also, if people want to uh, get in touch with me, they can. Uh, Sure, sure, on, sure. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, they can get in touch on my uh, on my LinkedIn LinkedIn profile. So uh, maybe you will see the name on the episode. So Diogen Tiran uh, uh, or uh, also um, uh, a bit like you, Coffee. I have uh, so the, the podcast consulting. Uh, it's called Consulting Lifestyle. It's about B two B consulting, basically. Okay, all right. So listeners, you can follow him. Yes, on LinkedIn as well as also. Check out his podcast and follow him, especially if you want to build a career in consulting. It will be good to listen to his episodes and his interviews and his wealth of knowledge as he shares it in his podcast. Yeah, thank you. This has been, yes, thank you so much. This has been another exciting episode of the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. Thank Watch you. out for our next episode. I remain your host, Kofi Animedu. Stay safe and let's continue to keep up our life. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.